Welcome everybody today to the uh, Great Commission podcast. It's a little bit late in the evening, but had church this evening. And um, I figured today we're going to go ahead and I spoke yesterday about the importance of starting your biblical walk in the book of John. So I want to give a little bit of a background of why John and who John was. So it is, um, for me, it's the very introductory, the very introductory book of the Bible. Um, John was one of the 12 apostles, disciples of Christ. Um, This disciple was one of the sons of a a man named Zebedee, and he followed the Lord. Um, As we get into John the Apostle, we get uh, most of our information, information about John from the pages of all four Gospels. We know that John was the younger brother of James, the son of Zebedee. They were both cousins of Jesus. In Mark 10, 35 and Luke 5, 10, it talks about how John and James were, were, were brothers and they were the son of Zebedee. Though not directly stated, we know that John was called the beloved disciple or the disciple whom Jesus loved. Well, this is very important for future lessons. There is a very beloved disciple and this is John. His occupation was a fisherman before he and his brother became disciples of Christ. They're one of the very first two recruits of Christ. Simple fishermen, simple guys, cousins. So even in Jesus' time, the first couple people he turned to were his cousins, John and James. James went on to be a very poignant part of the Bible and very, very um, powerful. John and James were cousins of Jesus as their mother, Salome, was the sister of Jesus' mother, Mary. So they were cousins through Mary, the mother of Jesus, and also their, her sister, which is Salome, S-A-L-O-M-E, however you want to pronounce it. The two brothers were uh, some of the first disciples of Jesus. They're based on, the, based on the language in John chapter 1. It is believed that John was probably the unnamed disciple of John the Baptist. John never refers to himself directly in the book that bears his name. So there was a um, a disciple of John the Baptist initially, and they're saying that it's John. The two brothers, James and John, they were called the sons of thunder by Christ. They seem to have even tempered men. But there is one story at the end of Luke 9 where they ask Jesus if he wanted them to call down fire from heaven to consume the unbelieving Samaritans. They must not have been completely, you know, good guy Christian men of the Bible to refer to them as the sons of thunder and be willing to call down God's wrath upon people. Mark, and it says that this is in Mark three seventeen, in Luke 9, 51 through 56. Peter, James, and John must have had a special relationship with the Lord um, because many times in the Bible it talks about the three and the exclusion of the other disciples. They were, they're like the central three. They're the three core. So you got Peter, James, and John. They were with Christ on the mountain of transfiguration, and that's in Matthew 17, 1 through 13, and Luke 9, 27 through 36, along with Andrew. They're with him for the healing of Jairus' daughter, Mark 5, 37, and they were also the inner circle of prayer warriors in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember this, Matthew 26, 37. So John plays a very integral part, but yet he's in the background. Um, brother with James, cousin to Jesus. You always see him put in here, put in here, put in here. Not a lot to talk about him. He doesn't even mention himself in his own book. Um, so why is the book of John so important? I think because he had spent time with John the Baptist, who was the um, precursor to Christ. 
I'm not saying he was God in the flesh, but he was the one who started the baptism and started the uh, the um, conversion, so to speak. And that's the one that baptized Jesus and allowed the Holy Spirit to come down from heaven into him. So we start John. So you got a background of who John was, okay? And he was referred to as the most beloved disciple. So we start with John in chapter 1, and we get... In the beginning, we'll start with John 1, 1, make it simple. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now the Word, if we're going to translate things, we're talking about Christ. So in the beginning was Christ, and Christ was with God, and Christ was God. So you could take the Word and put the word Christ in there, okay, because Words don't become people and they don't dance around and it's just a it's a it's a play with words. So in the beginning was Christ, and Christ was with God, and Christ was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So it's saying there at the very beginning, Christ was right along with God in the very beginning. In part three, next next one. All things were made by him, and without him anything made that was made. So all things were made by Christ, and without him was not anything made that was made. So without Christ, nothing was made. All things were made by him. So Jesus, in the very, very beginning, was with God and is God. Okay, and we're going to talk about, I think probably tomorrow we're going to go ahead and cover how God can be three people, or three entities, or three... I want you to think on this, okay? I'll keep going, I promise. But I want you to think on water, Water is the same frozen, and then also when you boil it, it turns into steam. It's still water, but it takes on three different forms. So you have frozen water, which is solid. You have the liquid water, and you have the gaseous or steam, which is also water. So liken God into water, the living water, as Christ would say in the well. Eventually, we're going to cover that too. Think of it as, so when you're trying to understand how could... God, you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One is the frozen water, one is the liquid water. One could say God is the frozen water. Jesus, the liquid water, the one that quenches the thirst of the children of earth. And then the steam, the thing that's everywhere, it's in your being, everything, would be the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, getting back to John, we'll start with three. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him, in Christ, was life, and the life was the light of men. So, in Christ was our life, our everlasting life, and it was the light of men, the light of men that we should seek. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So the light, meaning Christ, shined in the darkness, he was the beacon of light, and the darkness comprehended it not. They didn't understand. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness to, of the light that all men through him might believe. So now we're talking about John the Baptist now, not John the Apostle. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. So it's talking about John the Baptist coming to bear witness of Christ, saying, hey, Christ is coming. It's not me, but he's coming. He was not that light, 
but he was sent to bear witness of the light. So in 8, it says he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. So light, also meaning Christ. Remember, we could use the word word and put Christ in there. We can use the word light and put Christ in there. So he was saying that he's not Christ, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. It's like uh, yelling at somebody to get out of the way. There's a train coming on the tracks. You're not necessarily the train. You're just bearing witness. Hey, I know there's a train coming. Hey, I know something's coming. Have you ever tried to warn someone or, or inform someone, hey, if you fill out this form incorrectly, um, something bad might happen. If you do this, this might happen. This is very, very important, okay? He's a bearer of witness. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness to the light. So then it goes on, it goes, that was the true light, which lighteth every man and cometh to the world. So there was light, but Jesus being the one and only true light, which every man that cometh into the world, he was he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. So it's talking about Jesus was in the world. Remember it said in the very beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him. So remember now it's talking about he was in the world. He created the world, and the world was made by Christ. And the world knew him not. So Jesus, God in the flesh, comes to our planet. And what happens? No one recognizes him. No one notices him. How often do we go through life and not recognize or know things or we're too busy to read the Bible or we're too busy to pray or, oh, I've got problems and I've got worries. And But you know, once it hits the fan, once there's a problem, once there is an issue, we put our hands together and, oh, God, please help me, help me, oh, God, you know him then. But you don't know him when there's nothing going on. And it's it's ironic. And they, it says, and he was in the world. So Christ is in the world. And the world was made by him. He's walking his own creation. And the world knew him not. And he came unto his own. And his own received him not. So he came unto his people. And they didn't even receive him as the Christ. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Okay? So as many people that received him, he gave them the power to become sons of God. Not an actual physical son of God, but a follower of God, an angel. Even, even to them that believe on his name. Sons of God in the Bible are usually sometimes referred to as angels. You can put, you, you, you can put the word angel in there. But as many as received Christ... To them, he gave them power. Christ gave them power to become sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, this is the most important part in the very first 13 verses. <clears throat> as many as received him. Now, receiving him, what do you mean? Well, they which were born... But they weren't born of blood, nor they nor were they born by the will of their own flesh, by their own self-made things they do, nor of the will of any man, any pastor, anybody, can't make you born, but of God. But as many received him, they were born of God. That's when you turn your life over to God. That's when you, you give him everything from the time you wake up till the time you go to bed belongs to him and you do everything in your power every day to honor him you make sure you pray you make sure you do 
devotions with your family. Grab a, a Bible and find something like I told you that you understand and read it. Just read it. Understand one chapter, one verse. If you find your mind going on to something else, find another chapter. Find something. Um, like I said, start in John. And for me, what was, what was I'll give you my, my thing. For me, I read all the words of Christ. My family used to watch that um, um, greatest story ever told. And I was fascinated with the words of Christ. Even Thomas Jefferson took a Bible and cut out all the red words. And that was everything Christ had said. All the words of Christ in red. And he put it and made it into a Jefferson Bible. And he carried it with him. So he could reflect on the words of Christ. The words of God. I mean, God himself in the flesh telling you how to live. I mean, what better direction can you get? So when I'm saying this here, which were born not of blood, nor will the will of, of your own flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And then 14 it goes, and the word... God was made flesh and he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So it talks about Christ came to earth and was made flesh and John bared witness of him and cried saying, this was he whom I spake that he cometh after me is preferred before me for he was before me. So John at the time was baptizing people. He's going crazy. He's one after another. The Romans are coming up. He's calling them vipers. He's going right after them. And, and when John's bearing witness of them, he would cry. And he would say, you know, this is he whom I spake. And that he cometh after me is preferred before me that he was nothing. Christ is everything. This is the one I'm talking about. And of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. Okay, now grace isn't just the name of a TV show. Grace is when you get something that you don't deserve because someone loves you and looks past. Have you ever had someone that's wronged you and you forgave them and they didn't deserve your forgiveness? They didn't deserve your forgetfulness. They didn't deserve a second chance, but you forgave them. That's called giving grace. So it talks about an end of his fullness. Have we all received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So it talks about Moses bringing the law, how to live your life, what to do, what not to do. But forgiveness and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So Jesus is the walking embodiment of God. He's walking the earth. People aren't recognizing him. They're not even, they're so oblivious with their own life. Have you ever been caught up in life where you can't relate or even seek the face of God? I'm not talking about look at a wall and hoping some face pops out of the wall. I'm talking about understand the creator of the earth. He wrote a book called the Bible. Many authors, it got put together. You know, people say, oh, there's different versions. There's this and that. It's still the book of God. It's the most published, it's the most read, it's the most hated, it's the most burned, it's the most destroyed, it's the most fought, out, fought over and sought after, and it's created wars and rumors of wars. There's power in the Bible. There's power in the words of God. Okay, these are the first, let's do, we did 18 verses today in John. We'll continue tomorrow. I want you to know, basically, okay, that John... 
the author of John, was the brother, remember the brother of James, who was the cousin of Jesus on his mom's side. Salom, Zebedee was the dad. Okay, now in the book of John, they're not talking about him. They're talking about John the Baptist. And, and the other John, his cousin, was kind of like a disciple. He's learning from John the Baptist and knowing, hey, there's somebody coming greater than me. So he's writing this down, and, and John the Baptist, whose name, same name as him, so don't get him confused. But he's talking about, you know, Christ is going to walk to earth. He's going to be flesh. Remember when, and also when you're reading, when it says the word word, means Christ. Okay? Sons of God, angels. True light, the light of the world, is Jesus. And when I say like the word, meaning um, that's a God thing, the light of the world the one that, that, that shines in the darkness. When you're at your most desperate time, there's Christ. No matter what you've done, what you're going through, what you're seeing, it doesn't matter. Jesus, if you give him a chance, give him a chance. Maybe you've tried it your ways. Maybe you, maybe you drink a lot. Maybe you, you know, punch your wife, kick your dog. Maybe you have an anger problem. It's all about giving Christ your life. You've tried it your way. Try it this way. I want you right now, if you don't know Christ, it's real simple. Bow your head, close your eyes, and reverence to Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and repeat after me. Holy Father, Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for coming. Thank you for your, your sacrifice on the cross for my sins. I love you, and I invite you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Mold me, shape me, break me, whatever it takes to bring me in your will and teach me to be holy each and every day. Forgive me of my trespasses. Forgive me of the things that I can't control. I want to be born again, born of new, and I want to share in the everlasting life promised in John 3.16. I love you, Father. We thank you. Please, Father, Lord Jesus, come into my life and rule my life. In Jesus' name, amen. It's going to be different every day. I'm not going to do the same prayer. There's no carbon copy. I accepted Christ by saying, please, Jesus, please. I was at a point in my life in a Catholic home where it was just erratic. There was a lot of drinking, a lot of violence, and I didn't want that. So I want you to know I love you tomorrow. More John, more Bible. Um, have a great day. God bless you, and God bless our, our country. It's January 6th with the, the marchings on the Capitol and all the craziness going on today. And remember, your kingdom and your home, your real home is in heaven. And I hope one day Pastor Michael Gabriel can hold out my arms and, and welcome me to heaven. And hopefully I'm there too. You know, that's my whole goal in life. I love you and I thank you. Please remember, read your Bible. Every day show up with me on this podcast and we'll go through a little bit every day. It's not going to be the same tiring thing. We'll get you a regular people's perspective on it. I love you. God bless you. Good night.